0: Sorry to take you away from those lovely little fluffy guys down there. Apparently, uh, it always looked like Critter Chat was was having a good time, but felt like I should stream today. might not be able to do it this weekend, so I want to try to do it today and tomorrow. If anyone's watching, which I assume they are, although I'm not getting any comments yet. I'll just start talking. Uh, I wanted to start today by remembering Michael Brooks who is, uh, everything everyone is saying about him is true, so I don't feel like there's any need to uh, be redundant, just know that the outpouring uh, of affection for him was totally warranted. And losing someone like that in that way is is really scary in its own way and, and, reminds you just how, uh, how lonely everything is, but, uh, we're still here, and, uh, for now, <laughs> and, you know, our, the best way to honor him is to do what he wanted people to do, which was to, God damn it, be kind to each other. God fucking damn it, be kind. Ah. Uh. I really appreciated that about him is that he understood that that the the uh, reward, the reward mindset, and the and the value system inculcated by by online, even among people who th- who really truly th- want what's best for everyone, just reduces everyone to the cruelest version of themselves and the least generous. And that there's no way to build a movement around that kind of uh, mindset. So. So, yeah, rest in power, as they say, Michael. Uh, I've only was on his show a few times, but it was always really, really fun. And he clearly, uh, he did a lot more work for it than fucking I ever have. And he was more prepared. He certainly knew more about uh, developments in other countries than I ever did. yeah. Oh, and when when someone like that's gone, you can always then look back and wish you, you know, been closer. But we only uh, know what we know. Uh, Henry Kissinger's still alive, though. That's kind of funny. And uh, Bolsonaro has had, has had COVID four times and been attacked by two or three large birds. Guy will never die. Because God, i.e. the demiurge, i.e. the, the enforced social order and material realm, loves human evil. Rewards it, basically. Which is why this is a world that's not fit for real human beings, because it's not made for human beings. It's made for lizards, folks. It's made for people who are able to make the choice to strip themselves of everything that makes them human. Uh, it makes me think of how the, the neoclassical economic or ec, uh, the neoclassical economic resurgence and then Uh, takeover, basically, of the economic field after the 70s. Coincidentally, around the same time that, you know, the uh, post-war labor consensus broke and private money just started flushing into every propaganda valve known to man. Just so happens, at that point, everyone realizes, actually, humans aren't social animals. Humans are self-interested economic agents. Uh, That was that was the very e- idea of that, really, like, to, to, to put that forward as not the horrifying uh, uh, spiritual deformations caused by having to live under capitalism, because that's the thing, that, the, the, the economic, the, the, the neoclassical description of the individual, uh, that is what is incentivized by the market, and people do better, the better they treat themselves as one of those but that is not humanity flourishing that's not humanity finding its its meaning and purpose that is to even suggest that is is blasphemous at like a deep level like like just evil and and uh, uh demurgical just like a, a, a enchantment from the brimstone pit to suggest that the human that humanity is somehow uh more fully felt, the more that it's isolated, the more that it's delusionally fixated on satisfying its own ego. Terrifying. And the recipe a world where people are like that is the world, like the one we have now and economists like to look around and smugly look at that and say, see, this is what people are like. And it's like, no, this is the system that you were disgusting intellectual handmaiden for. This is what it turns people into. Like, how the hell? You've, you've, you're an individual, self-motivated agent. If that was the true, why are anybody al- Why is anyone alive? Why do people raise children? Why do people impart? Why, why does anything exist? Why is there any social fabric to be pulled apart by capitalism for, in the first place? How was it fixed? How was it built into being? Cultural Marxists in the Babylonian times? Foe out of here. Even if you could be what they want you to be, and of course there's a, there's a zillion examples of why no one is rational and that no one can know their own self-interest well enough to operate from it successfully beyond any of that. Even if you could, what the fuck is your self-interest? What is your self-interest? Accumulating more than other people around you in a world where you're connected and tethered to every other, every other human being on Earth by deep ties of, uh, of, of, I mean, sharing a mutual ecology and a world together, uh, each of you contributing in your smallest possible way to the full flower of like human civilization and culture. That's all humans rubbing against each other. That's all humans collaborating at every moment. And to say, I'm going to make my life, and everyone should make my, their life about accumulating as much material distinction from everyone else as possible what I mean that's a recipe for planetary annihilation that's a recipe for human beings ending uh, ending life on this planet self-interest the self unbound by its social context is not a thing. The thing that's you, the thing that isn't culture, the thing that isn't other people is a whisper. It's a fragment. It might not even really exist. And trying to, and teaching people that it's not, that the opposite is true that that is in fact the entirety of the, of your sense your ego the entirety of your self to have an interest psychotic psychotic genuinely i mean in that you 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 are eventually forced to a point where the world as you understand it and the world as it exists becomes so disparate that your brain breaks and we're clearly there now people's brains have been snapped in like kindling by trying to live in a world like the Q people for example they thought they lived in the United States they really really have an idea in their head of what the United States is and, 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 and their place in it as self actualized individual consumers and now they find themselves living in whatever the fuck this is uh, how the hell are they supposed to make sense of that Go and create a fantasy narrative that connects the two things. That's what everybody is doing to some extent or another. Creating a fantasy. That's what ideology is. Fixing the two things together, with like a bungee cord. When you're trying to move a bike in the back of a car or something, connecting your perception of the universe, uh, what what your what your baseline uh, understanding of it is, with the world that you actually live in. Because for one reason or another, you refuse to examine those basic baseline principles. I mean, there is a self-interest that is social. Like, that's, what, that's the whole idea of class coming into itself is and Marx is. It's not a person acting in their own, under their own interests because that's absurd. It's a class of people operating under their own interests because they understand their mutual, their mutual uh, shared condition of oppression. And that's the real thing. It is a condition of oppression being, uh, being defeated by coordinated action. It's not, it, 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 it manifests itself sometimes as material deprivation, but that's not the core of it. The core of it is species being alienation caused by the fucking wage system. I I was thinking uh, about the masks, and it seems like even the Teacock people, even the conservatives are now starting to wear the mask, because Trump is now wearing the mask, although apparently people were very unhappy with that tweet. Which, by the way, was clearly not him. It was one of those ones where you can tell it was Scavino. Which means that they probably asked him to do a pro-mask tweet. Because it's clearly one of the few things that we have right now that could potentially stop the uh, just insanely uh, terrifying upward trajectory of COVID infections. Uh, and the the best they could do is just have him ghostwrite something and have him press... Uh, press tweet under it. Uh, so, but I bet he still won't mostly be seen in public wearing one. But the it's going to be interesting seeing people come to terms with it because I, I saw a lot of, I've seen a lot of people baffled by the people who get psychotically angry about the mask and refusing not and refusing to wear it in public and like having a spitting fits and freaking out. I mean, of course, half of that at least you can just chalk up to people trying to go viral and be epic. I think people need to really, really, they are underestimating every time one of any kind of viral video comes over the transom, the insane incentive structure of people going viral in one way or the other. It's not like there's any difference between good and bad publicity anymore. So either side of any of these conflicts could literally just be someone being epic and getting uh, and wanting to get some of that precious clout, which as, as I've said, clout chasing is just, it's another form of being, living in the gig economy. It's just one more element of the gig economy uh, is, is trying to get the cloud online to supplement income, replace income, have people be there for you when you need a medical bill paid. So I understand that. But the incentive structure is so overwhelming in one direction that half of this shit is probably people being epic and being viral. But forget that. when people. And, but there really are clearly true examples all across the country of people just going in turning into frothing dogs at the prospect of having to wear a mask and a lot of people say they don't understand it and they want to say it's just because people are stupid but i think it's something much more understandable in a weird way it's that so obviously we all know that there's of the politicized americans which is once again less than like half of the american population even has like political instincts thinks politically, draws political inferences from things that mean something. I mean have invested themselves in politics as it's understood in America, i.e. the electoral system. I'm not talking about people being alienated. Everybody's alienated, but they have a vocabulary for it and they have a worldview that that uh, that explains it. And I'm saying that if you want to broadly draw 50% of the population, people who vote as those who are most likely to frame their anger, their disappointments in life, their goals around political ideas, they don't live in the same world, right? We live in different epistemic fr- realities with different value systems, and it's totally zero sum. Something is either either triggers the libs or triggers the cons, and if it does the one thing, uh, if it triggers the ones you don't like, then you, it's good. It ju- it's just a pure negative dialectic of of uh, of agitation. Uh, and you could wonder, like, how do people live in a country with people that they are that violently opposed to without it getting more violent than it does? And part of the big reason is it's the, the hostility is sublimated by the, the spect- observing the spectacle of politics, getting, in, getting excited when our guy owns the other guy, getting excited when there's a successful troll done, uh, uh, or someone wins an election, of course, that's the big game. So they get that level of sublimation. Uh, but part of the big reason is that they're able to carve out a world where they are not directly being, they are not directly defeated. Because that's what everyone is terrified of. Everyone hates the idea of, being, of losing to these people in some sort of meaningful, like, significant way. Like, elections are just proxies. Elections are just Entertainment. And then uh, you invest emotions, and then when there's a good result, you're happy, and there's a bad result, you're sad. That's the main emotional lever. That's the main uh, emotional uh, trigger of elections. That's what they're there for. They're the, they're the, it's there to be the big game, to get excited about, and then to get really sad or really happy. Either way, it's draining your political orgone into the, into the spectacle, which is, what, is that's the, what it's there for. But it's all... It's all spectacle because life in America is largely the same, no matter who's in charge. I mean, the economy gets worse and bad, depending on how close we are to the popping of whatever bubble we're in. Uh, and there's wars all the time and there's occasional school shootings and things and individual people can get like horribly traumatized, uh, if they're not lucky. But for the most part, there's sort of a steady state American experience and the declines are gradual enough that they are not, they are not processed as emergencies. And so people sort of feel like those damn liberals or those damn conservatives, they are doing things that are bad and I hate them and they're making the country bad and they're why the country's bad, but they have not, the day of defeat has not come. You know, like on the right, the gun people, the guys who are obsessed with the second American revolution and defending themselves, Obama was there for eight years. They complained the whole time, but at no point did any of them get there, get to where they say, this is it you know, or very few of them anyway. They were, they, the whole eight years, they were just like, come and get it. And it never really happened. So they never, they never rose up. Uh, and same thing happens. Uh, and I think if Biden got in there, you would have a similar thing, but the masks are different because the masks, making someone wear a mask in public through social laborium and the legal code, that is compelling behavior. That is compelling actual behavior. It's not choosing to throw your Keurig out the window because they were mean to Sean Hannity or buying a a trunk load of Goya beans to give yourself diarrhea for a month. This is actual your life. And because the masks are part of that epistemic tree of the enemies, that propaganda, fake news universe where liberals live. You know, the, the, the mainstream media is part of that, the Democratic Party, some Republicans, and, uh, and of course anything like the medical establishment, just like the scientists who say global warming is real. If they make you wear a mask, if you have to put a mask on your face in public, that is a public, it's a, it might as well say cuck. You've lost. It's some fundamental way some real conflict happened. The one you've been waiting for, the one you've been girding your loins for, and and especially one that you thought you were winning until five minutes ago. You guys were winning up until fucking Trump, up until February. It looked like Trump was going to get a second term. It was going to be more epic dabbing on the liberals until the end of time, until your heart explodes. And now, like that, the Chinese and the media and the Democrats can make up some bullshit fucking virus, make up a whole bunch of uh, of, of stuff to make you, to, to get you scared, to make you vote for a Democrat, to destroy the economy so it hurts Trump, and then worst of all, to normalize this surrender, this physical manifestation of your defeat at the hands of liberalism. It, no wonder people lose their shit. It's like Imagine if Trump made you wear a mask for, like, an American flag mask for, like, America Day that he declared. Everyone has to wear a mask or they go to jail. How many people would get insanely pissed? How many people would get viral getting, like, tased or fighting someone over not wearing the mask? And, of course, you say, but there's a difference. That would just be arbitrary uh, flexing of his power. Whereas this is a response to a real uh, uh, viral phenomenon and, and, and public health hazard, to which I say, not to them. They don't see the difference. It's all political. It's all just a battle of domination. There is no objective realm. And if you have to wear, if you wear a mask, that means that you, sir, have been cut. So I see why they get so fucking pissed. I really think they're pissed i think for that reason and that's why uh there's no real possibility that we're ever going to tackle any emerging threat any crisis by coming together the fantasy you know like that's the biden campaign as he's saying hey we're all going to come together that's why republicans listen to them they love me too and you know what? Given the situation, a economic collapse and a viral pandemic that a lot of people blame him for, because he was the president, and that's generally how it works. The president gets the blame for shit like unemployment and gas prices. Of course they're going to get the blame for a fucking viral pandemic. That's just the nature of the office. It, 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 shit, uh, it It's the lightning rod for everything. They get blamed and credited for things that... They don't really have anything to do with it. Now, of course, in his case, he does have a lot to do with it, because he did have a manifestly incompetent reaction. But he wasn't the only one, and plenty of Democrat, uh, Democrats in high office, like Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom, stepped on their dick. Plenty enough for everyone. But it's looking, uh, it's looking bad for the Trumpy. It's not looking good for him. And, you know, if you're a conservative, it's just because they press, the fucking media pressed the buttons. Uh, I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. Uh, people have going to me about the, the last chapel episode. Uh, I guess I just want to get this out of the way so I don't have to deal with it. Um, I mean, I know some people are joking, but uh, with the cognitive test thing, I was doing a bit where I was pretending to not be able to get the answers right, because I thought it would be funnier than everyone getting them easily correct, because it was obviously a very easy uh, test. So, uh, just putting it out there, I am not cognitively declining any more than anyone of my age. Which is significantly, because after you hit 25, your neuroelasticity basically goes to shit. So it's not like I'm not cognitively declining. It's just that it's it's slower and it's earlier in the process. I could definitely draw a clock. I don't have any paper here, but I could definitely draw a clock. But Biden is trying to do the thing that is impossible, uh, which is bring everyone together. Because, duh, there is no everyone and there is no together. There is no unified uh, value system with undergirding social uh, foundations uh, or even shared reality. So I think that even though, as I was saying, Trump looks like he's fucked and people think it's some of his people think it's because of uh, Democratic shenanigans. But it's just the absolute happenstance of, of, the, of the coronavirus thing more than anything, uh, which, you know, I don't think any president would have done a great job with including Hillary, would have done better than him probably, but people wouldn't have known how bad he would do, so they would blame them. They, they would be mad as mad at whoever the president was as they are at Trump, because they wouldn't know that Trump would have been worse. Or they couldn't know that. You know what I mean? They don't live in that reality. They live in the reality where their person fucked things up. But so he's going to get blamed for something that, at that is relatively random. Uh, and that's going to lead to him maybe losing an actual like landslide. Although I don't think that that's inevitable at all. And I think the Democrats going crazy for it are just getting too hepped up. They're getting too riled. Uh, oh, he's going to win Georgia and he's going to win Arizona and he's going to win Texas. Slow down. He'll be lucky to win Florida. Uh, but there's a chance that he wins significantly and handily uh, and with the Republican support. Uh, and th- that'll give people this, this little notion. I guarantee you, if he wins significantly, you will see Across the land, the, the media saying, this is it. We have broken the Trump fever and we have unified the country. Now, they won't be able to delude themselves into saying that the Republican Party is somehow purged of, of its uh, uh, irrationality. Uh, they will just say the Republican Party is now a rump uh, composed of just like the most backward members of society and that now we will move forward in a spirit of true bipartisan unity to defeat Corona and global warming and everything, everyone else. Uh, I, I'm just going to do the spoiler alert right now. That will not happen. There is no, there is no common response uh, to the crises of the moment. There is only the struggle for power over the uh, the institutions and the uh, and of course those means of production. What does this phrase "socialism or barbarism" mean? It's uh, it's the inevitable crisis point provoked by uh, by the capitalist consumption of the natural world, where there is a crisis of production and surplus and uh, and output, and all that stuff just gets all those gears, and then there's two choices: there's we socialize. means of production, create an efficient distribution according to need, rather than uh, uh, desires cooked up by capitalism itself, uh, which reduces the horrifying toll on the environment and and allows for more of a homeostatic relationship with the natural world. And that means value for all human life and all life, to some extent, much more so than now. Uh, But if the other, the other road in that crisis moment, and we're looks like we're in. I mean, we're always in a crisis, but this is getting, this is getting extra crisisy. Uh, although, I must stipulate that that you know late capitalism, as we call it, could 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 limp on for decades. Fuck, maybe a hundred years, depending on how technology shakes out. Uh, and of course, not in you know there will be countries falling apart over that time, and there will be massive. Violence, but it will be assimilated and normalized into a system that might have to drop off parts you know that are no longer governed uh, but will ha- hold even tighter to those areas where it has control and that that's a realm where the 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 selfish pursuit of resources by all these damn rational actors leads to the biome being uh, inevitably fatally uh, unbalanced and leading every human being to only be able to violently compete with each other for what's left through uh through war, exploitation, slavery, whatever 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 tools necessary to grasp the last the last bits, grasp the last remaining arable land and uh and mineral, rare earth minerals, and profit, however it could be expressed. So that's your socialism and your barbarism. And there is no third way because capitalism's drive is towards oblivion and towards uh, towards cri- critical overconsumption, which means any hybrid system that's still engine driven by capitalism, especially in a fractured uh, uh, nation state. Riddled world like the one we have will lead towards fatal competition and destruction. So you gotta have, you have to have, you gotta pull that engine out of the machine. You have to pull the profit motive out of the, the, the machinery of, of human uh, economics. It's the only way to prevent that, that, that decline into barbarism. And of course, it won't even get called barbarism. Uh, if, if technology is able to be maintained, it will be called humanity, it will be called liberalism. It will be called uh, uh, enlightenment. You know, mass uh, mass euthanasia and, uh, and eugenics and uh, engineered viruses that you have to like pay a monthly subscription not to die from. Who would be able to look at that and say, oh, this is the savagery of, uh, of Tamerlane, No, this is, this is humanity. This is us, this is us dealing forthrightly and adultly with the crises and problems that the world faces us, faces, gives us. I ran out of bloody skews in me skews wallet, or oh, I got to talk to my member of parliament. Me skews wallet's bloody empty, mate. I'm skint. I don't got any skews, mate. I left. I spent me last skill at the Tesco. Awful. Terrible. I should never do that. I didn't watch the 30 Rock special and now I'm worried I won't be able to. I don't know if it's going to be available. It wasn't on Hulu. I mean, I know it's depressing and terrible and a fucking ad for awful shows on a streaming set network, a streaming series for a network, which is now all of them. They all have that. What the heck? Who were the ad wizards who came up with this one? Am I right? I've got a skills wallet. I've got a skills wallet, don't I? Lib Dems proposed new skills wallet scheme. No, I mean, the the skills wallet is a terrible phrase, and it's obviously perfect neoliberal, uh, you know, uh, social engineering. Oh, yes, we'll give people money, but only if they spend it on education, and only between the years of, of 30 and 39. Just, oh my God. Come on, guys. Get it, give it give it, up, you weirdos. You're sick. You're sickos. You love that shit. But it's also premised on the false idea that labor market shortfalls are caused by some sort of uh, skills mismatch, which was pretty definitively mispro- disproven by the recovery uh, from the... Uh, uh, from 2008. I love... I mean, my favorite thing ever was the Learn to Code thing, and Kasich, if people talk about Kasich... Was one of those guys who got absolutely fixated on the coding thing. Like he'd drive through the, the Appalachian parts of uh, Eastern Ohio or Youngstown and just think, if all these guys could code, and now one of these people thinks, well, if everyone could code, then how much would you get for being able to code? How much can you get for knowing how to read? You've, you, there's no, there's no income premium if it's universal, and they just can't conceive of that because otherwise, there's no answer. Because these guys. There's a reason that liberals fixate on education, whatever that means, is because it's the only way out of the out of the maze that they've built for themselves, the intellectual maze of like defending a patently indefensible institution that reinforces the grossest kind of social inequality and racial inequality and gender segregation and exploitation. How the hell do you stand that legend? And the answer is well, if we could just get people smarter. If they all just went to college there there's no Rest of that sentence when it comes to uh, to the economy, right? Because there can't be, like I said, it's it's incoherent. But uh, but it's the other end of it. It's the social end that they really think that they really think there's something there. They think if everyone went to college, they'd be, they would all be enlightened, and that would make the world better. Not if they. Not, I mean, we're seeing it now. How much is how much is college helping anybody be better people? When it gets them no job and uh, six-figure debt, uh, overproduction of elites. Yeah, you're actually making the people you can't get into the uh, the high-status jobs more miserable than they would have been by raising their fucking expectations. You raise the generation of people's expectations of what they were going to get out of life, and what they could be settled. And most importantly, what they would settle for. And now, they're really pissed. That reminds me of, uh, of how... It, it, come, it came up in the context of... Uh, of after uh, Michael Brooks' passing, there was some awful person, who I'm not even going to name, who decided to use it as an opportunity to like try to yell at Felix for some reason, and it just and he kept calling him a grifter, and that just struck me because that is the word of words to describe people on the left. It's like every everyone is on the lookout for for a grifter. If you're if you're not if you're not explicitly ideologically evil like a Nazi or something, you then you're then the second bad faith assumption is grifter, and it's pretty clear at this point that the word has lost any kind of meaning. Because ostensibly it's supposed to be about somebody who, who, who gets money from people under false pretenses, right? And kind of by definition, something like a podcast where you pay for episodes or something cannot be a grift. Unless those episodes don't exist. Unless you download the episodes and then they aren't there. If, if, you, if you're paying for something somebody is offering you, and they, you get what they, what, they, what they advertised, then by no definition can a grift have occurred. And yet, it's all these people, all of whom have podcasts, accusing each other of being grifters, when the, the term doesn't even obtain. And I think it's because they're trying to get at a deeper accusation, which is that you're not serious. It's either that you're not serious about what you, what you claim to believe, and you're just doing it for clout, and therefore money, and therefore that's a grift, or you're a fraud, and you don't know what you're talking about, and that there, that they're, there, and uh, and that is what makes it a scam. Because even though you are giving people what they asked for and what they're paying for, you're doing it under false pretenses of who you are. And of course, it should be pretty clear why that's an obsc- absurd, and incoherent way to try to argue, and like. Make sense of the world around you because it requires you to know uh, someone's like internal motivation for why they say things rather than what they're actually saying. And I mean, it's you just dug a hole for yourself if your interest is actually you know moving forward with knowledge, which of course isn't the point, it's just to exercise people and build lot- barriers, and it's just one more, one more brick in the wall. But I think the real underlying part of it all is what I said a few episodes, a few str- streams ago, about how the lack of faith in the project is like the undergirding uh, 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 flaw in the left, if it exists, is that most people aren't really operating under any belief that anything they do will do any good. Uh, and I think that that grifter accusation is an attempt to sniff out the people for whom that's true. Be like, this person is just mouthing these things, and that they're really just here for the scene, and the Verso loft and all that. And I think, once again, the, the tragedy there is that the reason that's so resonant and so frequently uh, used as an epithet is because it applies to some degree about all, to all of us. and it's yeah it's like it's 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 the fixation on that is just a neurotic inability of people to deal with it in themselves and so they have to uh uh, condemn it strenuously in others and make sure everyone knows that they don't suffer from it that's because they're not secure in their own uh beliefs and they have not grounded them they haven't fixed them they haven't accepted that you know what it probably won't get better. Probably not going to see anything good come of any of my actions, but it's still worth doing regardless. It's still, in fact, morally required of me to do these things because it springs from my, like, my spiritual understanding of my place in the world rather than as a, as a way to uh, distract ourselves from, from our powerlessness. I would like to do lamb skewers. Someone is suggesting lamb skewers on the grill. I will do that. I think maybe I'll do that next time. Maybe make them homemade siki sauce. Put some pitas on there. Yeah, I'm thinking that sounds pretty good. I think I might do that. Uh, someone's asking about the federal troops. I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, I think he's, stov- he's he has found something that he thinks is going to win for him. Because obviously Trump only has one button to push. It's the same one he pushed in 2016. And of course that's insane because he's been president now for four years. So it's not nearly as effective. But the one button he has is that cultural uh, polarization button. And we actually already have a, re- a decent... uh, suggestion that it might not work if he's in power because people I mean obviously it feels like a million years ago but in 2018 during the midterm remember he put all those troops at the Mexican border and whipped up a terror about the caravans those troops are still there by the way uh, waiting for a caravan that never shows up Uh, and he's still lost pretty badly so nationalizing the election around those like galvanizing social issues, didn't work at least once. I mean, the context of 2016 is really so much more about Hillary Clinton uh, than about him and about what she represented and, crucially, what he represented, which was an alternative. He's not an alternative anymore, and I think a lot of people kind of underestimate that. He's no longer, nobody could vote to him being like, hey, what's the worst that could happen? They now know what they get when they get him, and a lot of them don't like it. And there's nobody who's going to do like the, hey, throw the dice thing because they know what they get with him. That's why undecideds and less engaged people tend to in elections with an incumbent at the last, they tend to uh, break against them. At least, That's not always true, but it tends to be true for that reason. Uh, so this time I think he thinks, oh, great, the statue shit is my thing now. Like this is the one thing that he can pull out of the muck that could be a polarizing issue because he tried it with the with the masks and with the go outside order which is now being totally overwhelmed overwhelmed by the inevitable you know spread of the disease beyond con- containment or hope of containment and uh he's already backtracked like he's wearing masks now he can't really he can't really press that button uh and then like he can't really do the uh the the Black Lives Matter thing that he was doing earlier, like, you know, where he was saying Black Lives Matter was hate slogan and stuff like that, that's not polling well because, you know, broadly speaking, the, the goals of the of the protests have been met with approval in, uh, in polling. Now, what that means, I have no idea. I don't think it necessarily means anything, but uh, it certainly doesn't give him a sense that this is a fertile row to hoe. Uh, but the idea of, like, Untrammeled violence in the in the cities, and him being the only one who can stop it because the local Democrats are too feckless. Uh, that's some fucking you know that's some old fashioned uh, Bernie gets ass, eighties New York shit, which is his wheelhouse. So he's going to keep trying to uh, escalate this. Like, this is all intentionally. Uh, 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 this is all intentionally provocative. I mean, it seemed as though the protests were sort of not petering out, but losing their front page urgency because they had become less and less uh, uh, violent because the cops, for the most part, in most places, had stood down a little bit. And therefore, the the, the marches went by largely unmolested, they didn't escalate, and so they became assimilated into the day-to-day reality and were no longer news. And then the fucking plainclo or the uh, unmarked cars start plucking people off the streets of Portland, which is, of course, you know, one of the most fervent cities for uh, uh, protest and, uh, and one of the most like organized and uh, uh, confrontational lefts left you know, protest scene in the country. Uh, and what do you know? It that sparks off a whole new round of conflict. I mean, people talk about how this is, you know, this is a dress rehearsal for fascism, and I mean, yeah, As if the crisis persists and gets worse and we don't do any redistribution, yeah, pulling people off the street and unmarked cars is going to get much more common. But in the more near term, and I think more in what Trump is thinking, uh, it heightens the conflict that he thinks he can win on. But the problem is I don't think he can because, because he's the incumbent and because he is so... Intentionally inflammatory in his speech and in his actions, he, I think, will get blamed more than certainly Biden by people who are disturbed or people who aren't already committed and who are disturbed by, you know, protest violence. Because, you know, in 68, Nixon ran as a, as a peacemaker, a guy who was going to stop all the violence and all the mania in the streets. Uh, but that's because, you know, he wasn't in office. Uh, Trump is in office. How do you say, vote for me and all this will stop when it's happening under you? I mean, you aren't stopping it now. Why would I think you're going to stop it a year from now? Biden, on the other hand, he says he might. So I think this is all part of his, his one campaign strategy. And I think that that's going to be the next four months is going to be him uh Especially, ver- especially uh, verbally and in tweets, raising the stakes against the mob and Tifa and all that shit. And people are going to respond, and there's going to be more protests. There's going to be, I mean, the libs are going to lose their shit because it's going to look more and more like he's he's threatening. He's like going to promise an actual civil war in America's streets, but. I think that he doesn't have the sand for the actual confrontation. Uh, look what happened with the Lafayette Square uh, clearing. He went out there, waved the Bible around, and then th- the next, that day threatened to send the army to American cities. At which point, Joint Chiefs started leaking like a sieve that they wouldn't take those orders, and the whole thing was shelved. Now, right now, now he's doing it through DHS because that's a compliant toady, and those guys are his guys in a way that the army still isn't. But they're DHS. Give me a fucking break. They're a bunch of fucking. They're the losers. They're 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 the they're the runoffs. They're they're um. They're not those guys. The Bureau of Prisons, I think, is is not the same department. But uh, the guys that we talked about a few weeks ago who just destroyed all of their uh, co-workers with paintballs and, uh, and flashbangs they brought from home during a simulated exercise. So yeah, I think there's going to be more stuff in Portland. I think he might send some guys in to try to provoke in the big cities, but I think whenever the, the the real moment of like confrontation comes, I think he'll back down. Oh man, Jacob Wall, the man is simply a king. There's no denying it, he is one of the most brilliant. Post, post, post modern media figures of the moment. He's one of the very few who I admire because he's free. None of us are free. None of these, none of the people in this, like, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, 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 this morass of, uh, of internet political personalities, people who essentially monetize their identities as like vectors of political agitation. Uh, all of us are bound by some, to some invisible audience, some imagined viewer or reader who we want to respect us. We imagine who they are and they're basically us. Because we imagine like somebody, if if I was out there, would I like me? That kind of thing. Jacob Wall has obliterated that. He doesn't care what anyone thinks of him. Uh, which is astounding. And, and, what better example of that than him f- making up a fake LLC to pay himself, uh, that is one letter off from the one that Ghislaine Maxwell has, and then claiming that he she paid him to do dirty tricks, bragging about it essentially, bragging about a fake dirty tricks campaign that he was going that he carried out on behalf of a globetrotting sex criminal, a a, a groomer par excellence. A, 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 a genuinely evil person, and he's out there clout chasing it. I mean, it beggars imagination. Like in a world where we've all decided to like plug into a global panopticon, where at every moment our psyches are totally vulnerable to being de- devastated by the. It's just a quisitory unblinking eye of our perceived audience that even exists when we're not online or posting. This guy is gliding. He's walking between the raindrops. He's vibing at a frequency that not even dogs could hear. Yeah, like he is the guy who, more than anyone, especially anybody who claims that's the case, he has embraced the idea that there is no such thing as bad publicity. Like, a lot of those uh, alt-right guys will kind of uh, point to the fact that they do open racism, which makes means that they can't monetize the way that uh, left-wing or non-explicitly racist political people can, as proof that they're authentic and genuine, right? And that is one of the big reasons that I think a lot of young white men go to the alt-right, is because you know, the, the simulated alienating hell of online makes us crave authenticity, which of course is itself a fantasy and a a chimera, but it's still something that is a lodestar for many of us. And when you see everything being sold to you and people selling themselves all throughout the internet, if somebody could point to something and say like, I mean this, I'm not full of shit. If they can actually point to something, some part of their belief system that that validates that argument, it's very, to some people it's very uh, engaging. And I think for a lot of those all right, right guys, uh, they, they say, I'm the real shit, I'm the real danger because I'm literally not allowed on YouTube. And I think people see that and they think, oh shit, yeah, that's authentic, that's authentic. Uh, and of course, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, it's, it's just really a question of etiquette, like where, where, what capitalist etiquette is and how it impacts uh, its you know, uh, market structures Essentially, just the rules of the market, of behavior of the market, have changed, uh, and and now you're just you're as much like those guys are as much a threat to capitalism as somebody jacking off in a bank lobby. You know, it's like it's gross, and at some point the cops are going to show up and, and get him out of there, but he's not going to fucking bring the, that bank to its knees by jacking off in the lobby, and that's what those guys are. They're jacking off in the lobby of like the 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 marketized realm that we all live in, the internet. And they're calling the fact that they're asked to leave uh, proof that they're dangerous and really subversive. But it is a mark of authenticity. It's a mark, at the very least, that they're not after what they think those other people are after. They're not after money. They're not after fame. They're not after getting their butt smooshed by Hollywood pedophiles. Uh, And that is persuasive. But the thing is, those guys still are just as terrified of their perceived audience. I mean, remember the thing with Pinovich and his Jewish wife where he, like, left his Jewish wife because his mouth breathing dipshit fans found out about it? That is not a free man. I don't care if he has to post under a pseudonym or whatever and he has to, like, go to the dark web to get paid for his fucking podcast. That is a man who has been brutally cucked by his own audience. Jacob Wall doesn't care. Jacob Wall does not care at all i could write a poem with that title uh and he expresses that by humiliating himself in a way that no one would do uh that no one could do unintentionally that's what's so brilliant about it like the the specific there are obviously a lot of clowns and pathetic losers out there who like you know uh uh guys who like pick their nose and eat it on a stream you know it's it's not hard to find a lot of self-administered L's out there, but they're usually, uh, they speak to that person's incompetence or, or just personal loathsomeness or um, lack of social skills. Wall's humiliations could only be intentionally self-inflicted. And the thing is, is that they also inflict damage at, at a very like, low level, but they inflict damage on his supposed worldview, too. None of, you know, not, not only do none of his sh- uh, smears on Democrats land, the very fact that he's doing them, and the fact that he's associated in some way with conservatism undermines conservatism, to a little, to a little extent. But he doesn't give a shit, because he doesn't really care about politics, in my opinion. Uh, I think he grew up in a milieu of politics because of his insane father, but I feel like he is totally detached, probably because he saw the sausage getting made from a young age, from any Conceptions of political uh, value system, he had just assimilated the, the self dealing that's behind it all, the, the, the gimmick, the 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 fraud at the heart of modern politics and certainly modern consumer cons, uh, conservatism. You know, going back to Richard Vigory and the direct mail, uh, uh, the direct mail uh, lists that started the conservative movement in the '50s and '60s. It's all been a fucking giant scam. It's all middle-level marketing. It's all handed in each other's pockets, all to advance personally within this system of ex- of mutual exploitation. Cannibals all, and Wall got that at some point, I think, and just took it to the next level. Like, okay, this is this is this. The game, name of the game is personal personal advancement through political spectacle. Well. Any way I do that, I'm going to be trapped in the maw of this machinery. How could I possibly indulge this while still being in any way a free human being? And he figured it out by just detaching completely from human conceptions. Now, of course, the question then becomes, who's paying for it? And that is why we have to always get back to the material basis for all analysis, because... Obviously, the fact that Wall is so obviously manifestly incompetent limits the number of people who are reasonably likely to give him money. You know, I, I, I can't imagine that he he has a lot of real clients. I mean, he does have a history of doing literal uh, stock fraud, allegedly, which he is that's why he's banned from like trading stocks on. Uh, and I think he's he's still waiting trial on on uh, securities fraud in California, and that was when he was a teenager. So he he is now so could this whole thing be a money laundering operation for someone else which describes most of the economy at this point uh i mean the uh the liquidity in the global market is provided by the laundering of illegal black market money uh there's some persuasive evidence that the 2008 collapse was prevented from being a absolute uh, dismantling of the global economy by the presence of a huge amount of liquid capital in the form of laundered uh, drug money that basically helped fill the gap before uh, the government was able to loosen the f- floodgates. But it's all just, it's all fucking f- bad money being turned into good money. That's Trump's job, that's uh, fuck, that's Silicon Valley, all that shit. Uh, that's the fucking real estate market. That's all money laundering. Investment, I'm sorry, investment. Quantitative easing. Um, so maybe he's part of that, I don't know. When he got an OnlyFans, that was amazing. Mind-blowing. He decided to go on, he's like 24 years old and he got on steroids to get all weird and ropey and like broad as shit and like, I don't know. He is a riddle. He is a riddle wrapped in an enigma. And, it's, I would, and, I, and if I knew where the money was coming from, that would help solve the equation, I think. Uh, if he's got family money, then he's basically just a hobbyist, a very talented hobbyist, but a hobbyist. If he's somehow making money off of this, then he is one of the greatest geniuses of all time. If he is actually making money at what he says he's doing, then he is the greatest genius of all time. And honestly, even if he is money laundering for somebody, that's still pretty impressive. Unemployment expansion. McConnell came out today and said they're going to do it. It's probably going to be less than the last check, but I never—I honestly say I never really thought for a second uh, that they weren't going to do that because we are just so far away from not from allowing from not allowing a second or not requiring rather a second uh, check dispersal that at a certain point, ideology has to give way to political reality. As much as these guys were apparently enamored of the idea that, oh no, we can't give people money, then they won't go to work, and then the unemployment rate will go up, as if that matters compared to the like a third of the people in the country being evicted from their homes. Uh, so yeah, I figured they were going to blink. It's going to be bad, and it's going to be more, you know, more money up, of course, always. More money for the top, so that when they can swoop in and just buy up all the old real estate of all the small businesses... And further monopolize the economy. But uh, I think they're going to do another check and I think they're going to do unemployment extension too. Uh, also, maybe, a, cap- uh, maybe uh, a capital gains tax cut, which would be hilarious, and also a uh, fucking, what, a payroll tax cut? Amazing. They can't help it. It really is built into the system. To, like, to, to do anything else Like, we could say, well, why wouldn't you just do X, Y, or Z? To do those things, they would have to be different people in a fundamental way, you know? If they just did a payroll tax cut, that would be amazing, but I don't think they'd do it. At a certain point, there has to be a recognition of real self interest. <coughs> I mean, that's the thing you have to remember, though, is that you know, when you're <clears throat> trying to figure out what capital is going to do, you do it from the assumption of they're operating out of what they consider the best interests of capital. Broadly defined is you know, if you're talking about government as sort of the, the stand in for, uh, for a, like a round table of large capitalists. Uh, they can only operate from their best perception of their, be- sub- their best interest. And every government and despot that's ever been def- overthrown in a revolution, uh, at every point they thought what they were doing was in their best interest. And at a certain point they were no longer correct. Because ideology... Starts gumming the works. You reproduce the most mediocre-minded dipshits to fill every meaningful position. You get completely detached from the actual micro-reality that, uh, that Hayek claims is supposed to, like, uh, signal what's really happening at the grassroots to, to the top levels of government. All right, guys, I'm going to get off in a minute here, a few more questions, and then I'm going to say bye-bye. How much longer will Twitter be a website? That's a good question. It certainly lasts longer than I would have thought it would when it started. It's weird how, after early innovations, it really just, and things popping up and going down and Friendster and Smash Spaces, it really just settled into Facebook and Twitter. And there's never been like a, a third heat. Unless you've got Instagram, which is different, I think. Maybe TikTok is going to replace all of it. I mean, if you if, if the tweens are you know hegemonic, and they keep move, marching through like the uh, income brackets, assuming there still are any, associated with more you know spending income and more influence on the on markets, and advertising, maybe maybe it all becomes TikTok. If they if they got rid of TikTok, wouldn't there be an American version of TikTok immediately to pop up? Why the hell did... I don't understand the internet. I should stop talking about it. It's just a bunch of clicks and whistles to me. I kind of assume all of it will be the same but different until you don't notice. Yeah, I was just thinking about Vine. What the hell happened to Vine? Was it because it was seven seconds and TikToks are are longer? Or was it the... Because I remember when the TikTok started, it was all because they had music. It was just people lip-syncing. And then it turned into a bunch of other craziness. At first, it was people lip-syncing. Was it that they had access to music? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, let's go to Web 1.0. Guys, I was there. Ate my balls. I kiss you. Uh, Mr. T threw hell of a far. Seanbaby.com. Mr. Cranky. uh, The Dancing Hamster. That was a hell of an internet. Just clicking along on a dial-up modem. The forum era. People keep always ask me if I was ever on something awful, and I never was. I didn't even know what it was until many years later. I didn't meet... I met all those guys who were legends on something awful through Twitter. I never went on something awful. I was on Mr. Cranky. It was a movie review website. That was my shit. Uh... Sadly, I don't think any of those, uh, uh, those, fo- those rooms survive, which, frankly, good. They would suck, and I'm, I'm, I would never want to read them. But, yeah, uh, that's how I'll end things with. Let's, we, need to, we need to, like, recognize limits while still recognizing people's curiosity and need to explore new forms. So my compromise is we don't ban the Internet. That's crazy. We just go to Web 1.0, and then you have to be happy with that. And you, It builds character. It builds character if that's all you get. All you get are uh, angel fire sights with little clickers on the bottom saying how, uh, which visitor you are. Bye-bye.